Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. On this 4th of July, some neighbors are asking us to think about them before lighting off all those fireworks, because for many veterans, it can be traumatic. You've probably heard the loud bangs of fireworks randomly throughout the last few weeks. It's those that can be harmful for veterans battling PTSD. When you think of the 4th of July, one of the first thoughts is fireworks. But Keith Ross wants people to think of who might be around you. Especially the non-veterans to be conscientious that there are veterans and American heroes living around them, even if they don't know. It's hard to be hyper-vigilant for months at a time. So, and it usually seems whenever they let their guard down, that always seems to be when it happens. In the past, he's handed out free signs for veterans to place in their yard to remind neighbors because he says the flashbacks can be horrible for some veterans. We've had veterans report where it actually feels like they're right back in their conflict that they were involved in. Reliving the nightmares is why Sandy Devers and her late husband Randy stayed inside. Didn't matter what, he would still be upset when he heard the noises and it brought back all the memories of Vietnam for him. She says he dealt with nightmares constantly. LaRosse knows for others, one loud bang could be the final straw. It's hard to um, understand what goes on to someone's mind when they get into that stage. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of veterans choose suicide as a way to end the hurt. Now, Ross doesn't want people to outright stop using fireworks to celebrate the holiday, but he wants you to take a second, look around and be respectful. Oftentimes, he says, those same veterans would like to join you or at least give them a heads up and don't blow up loud mortars randomly throughout the day. WSBT 22's DJ Manu reporting. Uncertainty over unemployment benefits. Thousands in our area don't know if or when they'll get extra federal unemployment benefits after Governor Holcomb ordered the state to stop giving them out starting June 19th. A judge ruled last week the state needed to immediately reinstate those benefits, which include an extra $300 a week for some under the CARES Act. The state is appealing. With all that back and forth in the courts, people just want to know what this means for their benefits. Now, the Department of Workforce Development said it's trying to figure out what to do going forward. Forward because the federal program no longer exists after the state ended it June 19th. Now, many employers were hoping that cutting extra unemployment benefits would get more people to go back to work, but economists say it's too early to tell if that is actually the case. The legal battle is now just creating confusion for everyone. One of the groups filing the lawsuit against Governor Holcomb says the judge's order clearly states that the state needs to reinstate unemployment benefits and that an appeal does not change that obligation. 
Now, some economists say that extended benefits should not have a huge impact on the number of job searchers, but businesses are again feeling in limbo amidst all of the confusion. Today, there are about 15,000 people on unemployment in St. Joseph County, and almost every employer in St. Joseph County is saying, boy, I wish we could put some of those people to work. I don't think unemployment benefits are the only reason that people aren't working, but most of our employers think that that's an important uh, thing that's keeping people away, and they're hoping that'll bring people back to the workforce. Now, the Department of Workforce Development said that if you're currently on unemployment, there's nothing you need to actively do right now in regards to the extended federal benefits. Indiana Legal Services, which is filing the lawsuit against the state, recommends keeping a record of your work search history and to keep watching for updates. WSBT 22, Selena Guevara reporting. If you're a parent of an addict, you know it's not an easy path. In our area right now, there is support and help. PAL, P-A-L, is a support group for parents of addicted loved ones. The group is led by parents who've been there, done that. They've experienced the addiction of a loved one. The group is meeting every week right now in our area. All the people in this room are parents. This is a weekly PAL meeting. Our loved one um, has been addicted to heroin and meth for about 10 years. Christine and Jim Geyer are the facilitators. They started this local chapter in 2017 as they struggled with how to support their adult child. So by changing the way we interacted with her, I think helped to her to get sober. PAL stands for Parents of Addicted Loved Ones. The parents who seek out these weekly meetings are often feeling hopeless. I definitely had that feeling, and the, the, the feeling of guilt and shame. This isn't an issue that you talk about with your neighbors or your coworkers, but in this room, everybody can talk about anything they want, and it doesn't leave this room. Parents here gain support, resources, and friendships. Becky Siddert's daughter has been struggling with addiction for decades. Pal has helped her realize she isn't alone. It's just helped me say, know where I should stop helping them. No more money given out, no more rides, no more bailing out. That's done. But on the other side, they are human beings. They do need a place to live. They do need, they do need comfort, too, and love. During every meeting, the group will learn something new through PAL's curriculum and also take time to listen to others' stories. Just support, um, knowing that you're not alone, um, knowing that there are other parents that are going through the same thing. For Christine and Jim, they want to give back to support others as they walk the same path. We're here, we're a great group of people, and if you need support, come and join us. This group meets every Thursday evening at Life Tabernacle Church in Elkhart. You can find contact information online. There are actually 184 weekly meetings in 39 states. On the PAL website, you can search for other meetings. WSBT 22's Kristen Bean reporting. A second cannabis festival is coming to Niles. It was a challenge to get the first event approved for July 31st with concerns about safety. But now another one has already been approved before the first one has happened. It all has to do with the state of Michigan's 90-day approval process. 
With the second event scheduled for late September, the organizers of the festival had to plan well ahead. Organizers of the July festival hope to make a good impression. This is kind of Niles kind of putting their toe on, getting their, you know, getting their foot wet a little bit to see what happens. This is the first time the city of Niles is hosting a festival dedicated to cannabis. There's still a stigma out there. I'm hoping that the people that show up there are going to be 21 to 100 years old. Mel Spacely, one of the festival organizers, hopes this event will make a positive impact on the community. I'm passionate about it and um, and I know that I know that it has helped many hundreds of people for us actually and um, and I want to share that. I want to share those stories. I want to share why I think this is important. I'm hoping it takes the stigma away. Being the first event of its sort, there have been questions from those living in the city about safety and who will be able to get into the event. We have a portion of our riverfront park that is pretty isolated from residential areas uh, and access can be easily controlled. Having the festival in an isolated location, participants will be a mile away from downtown Niles. The hope is the event will bring in people and business. Um, last year took a big hit on us, but um, we're hoping this festival brings in a lot of customers. And organizers are making it easy for participants to explore the area. They'll be able to go right to the river, Riverwalk Trail. We're going to be able to drive those golf carts down to the Central Park. For more updates on the festival, go to floatpresents.com. WSBT 22's Taylor Gatoni reporting. Record-setting rain last weekend created flooding across our area. For many local farmers, part of their crops might be lost. The famous expression goes, hey, it's raining. Good thing because we needed it. But for some, this weekend might have been a little too much. You're not going to control Mother Nature. When the skies opened up this weekend, farmers across the area thanked their lucky stars. The recent drought that had been plaguing the area had finally come to an end. But their happiness quickly turned into dismay. We lost a field to the west here. I mean, that, that field is gone. The water's probably a foot and a half deep on top of that one. And it's a lower area. So it's probably gone, but if that's all that I lose, I'm very fortunate. For some, the damage was minimal, but for others, it's devastating. For Schlarb, his case is somewhere in between. It all adds up. It's a gamble you take every year. You just wait and see what it's like when it does weather settle down. You can't control all this technology. I don't care what you, your buttons and your computers. As far as replanting goes, Schlarb says that decision can't happen for a while. You get out when you can and evaluate your, your damage. Uh, some of the crops, will it, is it too late to replant? You know. We'll know when the water goes away. In addition to the standing water in the field, some local rivers have actually spilled over their banks. The Yellow River is one of them and has overflowed onto adjoining farm fields. WSBT 22's Leo Goldman reporting. People in a northern St. Joseph County neighborhood are voicing concern about what was left at their houses last weekend. Applications to join the Ku Klux Klan. People who found the flyers in plastic bags on their curbs say they're upset. They told me they're appalled, scared, and worried. And while this letter included with the application says the intent is not to threaten anyone, recipients are making it clear the white supremacist messaging of the KKK is not welcome there. 
Taylor Roberts has lived on Hollyhock Road her whole life. And when her mother found this plastic baggie on the edge of their driveway Sunday, they couldn't believe it. Indiana is already known to be for Ku Klux Klan. You know, only people know about it in history books. So having it firsthand in your driveway, it's, it needs to be done. The application asks for your blood type, religion, and racial lineage. You must swear you're white, you're not Jewish, and that you believe in the segregation of races. Robert says that's not what she wants to teach her kids. And she wants to get the word out to alert her neighbors so they can keep watching out for each other. I think it's everything, mad, sad, frustrated, you know, I'm worried because I have three kids of my own and, you know, I don't want them around this kind of experience. Robert says this encouraged division is the opposite of what we need in the world right now. We need to come together. We need to respect one another. Paula Kane lives just down the road and she also got the papers. I was appalled when I opened it, to be honest with you. She says we should be way past this discrimination in the United States of America in 2021. So racially motivated and it's so unkind and we all know the ramifications of what, you know, the Ku Klux Klan was years ago and I can't imagine that anyone would want to be associated with that group still. Kane hopes the people who drop the applications off can understand how harmful their beliefs are. They need to find a peaceful place in their heart. They, they, they need, at this point in their life, they need to do some soul searching. Again, this letter also included with the application says it's not to threaten anyone. A spokesman for the St. Joseph County Police Department told me, quote, the distribution of the flyers does not break any laws unless they contain some threat of harm or intimidation. However, if you do get one of these, police are encouraging you to report it if you want. WSBT 22's Caroline Torrey reporting. The USA Women's Olympic Wrestling Team is preparing for the Tokyo Games, including a 10-day stretch training here in Michiana. The team includes former Penn High School standout Sarah Hildebrandt, who will wrestle for the United States at 50 kilograms. Hildebrandt won't be alone when she grapples for gold halfway around the world. South Bend native and U.S. women's 50-kilogram wrestler Sarah Hildebrandt and her coach Brad Harper, the current Penn High School wrestling coach, have worked together for over a decade. That journey starting here in South Bend and is now taking them to the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. Go get it, go get it. About to feast, it's time to feast. You know, to have somebody who understands my little quirks, my little what kind of sets me off before competition, he understands that, you know? And, he, and it's really cool that we've gone through so much, so many weight cuts, so many losses, so many wins. And so there's such an advantage to having such a great relationship with my coach and, and being through so much. There it is, right there, nice. Up, 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 up. And to come here in our hometown where we feel our absolute at best, uh, you know, I think it just fuels all of that. So I go into Tokyo feeling the best I possibly can. Hey, one more cinch, cinch. There we go, yes, woo. Sarah Hildebrandt will spend the next week and a half here at home. With Brad Harper, the coach she's trained under since her days at Penn High School as she makes the final preparations for the Olympic Games. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Woo, woo, be sale, be sale. Stay relaxed, stay relaxed. You know, it's a dream, the Olympics. Who gets to go to the Olympics? I mean, I didn't know this would ever happen, you know? And our Sarah took us to the Olympics. 
enjoy this moment. We're in Indiana. WSBT 22, Samantha Waddell reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff, or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 